It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Frustration, really. Obviously, we've been off a while here, and uh, you can see there were a lot of almost opportunities for us. We could generate way more offense than we did. You know, it looked like we tried to do the right thing, but it was just, uh, we just weren't, our timing was off for sure. And uh, obviously Capo played well, and uh, but we just weren't, uh, we weren't efficient with the puck tonight. All right, good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? The San Jose Sharks got a phenomenal performance from Capo Kakadin last night, but it was not enough as they fell by a final of one to nothing in Winnipeg. It was a scene we've seen many times this year for the San Jose Sharks in which the goalie played a very, very high-quality game in which the defense was okay, where the Sharks kept themselves in it, but they simply did not have enough offense to get themselves anything. And we know they've been shut out a few times, and we know that they have been you know, in the uh, crosshairs when it comes to offense all year long, but... I think this is something we're going to have to get used to in the meantime with Logan Couture on a week-to-week basis and Tomas Hurdle recovering from that cartilage cleanup procedure in his knee. I just think that where the Sharks are right now, there's just a, not much offense for them to lean on. And then you add into some of the other factors that we saw last night. Nico Sturm uh, took that hard hit along the boards and then fell and whapped the back of his head. Uh, we didn't have an update on him after the game, but we saw the way that he looked when he exited the ice. And it's not uh, it's not good. So when you're, you're missing uh, Hurdle and then Couture and probably now Sturm and what looks like for the second night of a back-to-back going against Calgary, um, you know, in a little over 12 hours from the time of this recording, it is not going to be ideal. Like the Sharks are in a very, very tough spot right now. And that was the last thing they needed. And, you know, it's obviously not been their year. Injuries are stacking up and it just seems like they're not going anywhere. And that's one of those things that I just, I cannot understand the Sharks bad luck in terms of, you know, taking on these injuries. And I, you know, I'm not a big believer in luck. I'm just using that as an expression, but you know, it's, it's just, it's an aberration, the amount of uh, games that they are racking up that guys are missing. You would not expect this in a normal season. I understand that this is what happens. You can get overextended when you are uh, a team that is not in the same type of uh, talent situation as other teams, but you know that, that doesn't explain what's happened to this team this year with the, you know, the loss of Matt Benning for the season and the amount of games that Logan Couture has missed and then having to miss again and you know, Tomas Hurdle going down and, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. But, you know, I couldn't help but thinking, oh my God, when we were listening last night and you heard that Kapo Kakinen was having trouble leaving the ice, thankfully it was just a cramp, he said, and doesn't appear to be anything serious for the time being. But 
Uh, that's just the way it's gone for the Sharks right now. But, you know, I, I will play the cut for you a little bit later in the episode. But I talked to Sheng Peng yesterday, and we talked about um, goalies and the Sharks getting offers for them. And, you know, maybe Capo is going to be the one the guys are looking at. And, you know, earlier in the year, we thought that it was going to be Mackenzie Blackwood the guys were looking at. But, you know, it might be one guy to keep for the future. But you do see from Capo just how capable and how potentially good he is. And as much as I would hate to lose him or Mackenzie Blackwood, you have to imagine that there are a few teams out there that do need somebody to come in and help their goalie situation with potentially allow them to go on the run. You know, you look at what Vegas was uh, without Aiden Hill. I know that I did not have it on my bingo card that Vegas would not uh, win with Marc-Andre Fleury and would eventually need Aiden Hill. Uh, but you never know the situation that is going to work out for a team where they find that player that really fits in, where they find that goalie, where they find everything that works out, and then suddenly it uh, it all comes together. Maybe that's going to be a team coming up here for Capo Kakinen, but you know he was absolutely phenomenal last night. There's no um, you know overstating uh, how good he was, and you can't understate how good he was either. The final stats out of this one show that he made 38 saves out of 39 shots against, 974 save percentage. Uh, the Sharks, by the way, only put 17 shots on goal as opposed to the Jets' 39. The Jets also won 62% of faceoffs. Uh, the Sharks only had one power play to the Jets' two. Uh, the hits were even. The Sharks did block more shots. I give them credit for that. And it was nice to see uh, a Mario Ferraro back out there, for instance, um, one of the guys who was injured right there at the break. But to me, this is one of those instances where you just have to be very much aware of where a team is like where the sharks are right now they are at a talent deficit and they are going up against teams like winnipeg who are simply much much better than they are and i'm not trying to be cruel i'm not trying to be over dramatic or anything to that effect but you look at where these two teams are right now winnipeg has been having a phenomenal season they currently sit at third in the central 32 14 and 5 69 points on the season Three points back of the division-leading Dallas Stars and one point back of second-place Colorado Avalanche, whereas the Sharks are currently sitting at the bottom of the Pacific and they overall in the conference are two points ahead of Chicago. But, you know, the Sharks are currently 14-33-5 and five for 33 points on their campaign. These are two teams heading in absolutely opposite directions, and whereas Winnipeg is, you know, pushing into the postseason, the San Jose Sharks are in the midst of a rebuild. And in that sense, I do give the Sharks a lot of credit for being able to go toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the NHL this year. Winnipeg has been one of the surprise stories of the season, and while they've cooled a little bit as of late, I would think 4-5-1 and one in their last 10, I think that this is a team that the Sharks have played very, very tight each time they've gone up against them this year, including a, a very high-quality win back in December. But going toe-to-toe is not the same as winning. And unfortunately for the Sharks, without Logan Couture and without Tomas Hurdle in particular, they just not did not have the offense down the stretch of this game or throughout the entirety, for that matter, to give themselves a chance to win. And that's got to be frustrating, especially when you get a performance like that from your goalie. Again, Capo last night was absolutely brilliant. Uh, the team was doing a decent job of handling the offense of Winnipeg, who was coming in droves, and the Sharks did not have the talent to match. And Capo took care of the rest. The one goal that got through, I do not hold that against Capo in the slightest. Um, you know, the goals that Capo's given up this year, I think mostly have been pretty well earned by the opposition. It's unfortunate that the Sharks did not have goalies like this at previous times of their history because it might have changed how history worked out. And 
That's timing. Timing is everything. We all know that. But, man, watching that game last night was uh, was so frustrating because you saw that you know the Sharks were doing everything they could to give themselves a chance to stay in it, and they just could not get any offensive generation going. I mean, they got four shots early in that game in the first period, and then after that, it was literally all Winnipeg. The Sharks only added uh, after they had those first you know four shots, I think 13 more, whereas Winnipeg had 39 to those 14 that the Sharks had. It was just like, come on, get a shot off. Be more aggressive. The Sharks' power play was actually, you know, not terrible last night, even though they couldn't produce anything. But I have seen uh, more uh, difficult power plays that the Sharks have had this year. But I think that what we saw in that game last night is kind of a view of what we're going to see the rest of this season. It's like, did you like what you saw from William Eklund? Yeah, at points, I really, really did. Did you like what you saw from Fabian Zetterland? Yeah, I, I really, really did. And, like, those are the things we're looking at. Like, who on this team right now represents the future of the Sharks. Who represents what we're going to be looking going uh, down the road? I don't know that Capo does. I don't know that, you know, every player out there does. Anthony Duclair, I thought, had a nice game, but we know that, you know, his name has been mentioned a lot in trade talks, and we also know that, you know, more and more of these players have been looked at. Mikhail Granlin's another name that gets floated around. I'm sure there's some teams that have looked at a Luke Cunning. I'm sure there's guys that have looked at, you know, just players all across the ice on the Sharks. And even though the Sharks are not winning games, they've probably said, you know what, that's a veteran player who can help us as we push forward into our postseason push. Um, that doesn't mean that Mike Greer is going to be trading everyone on the Sharks, but I would expect that, you know, from now to the end of the season, probably not going to be a whole lot of winning and you're going to be seeing more of an emphasis on the younger players. But that is not synonymous with a meaningless season. And we're looking at opportunity right now for a player like William Eklund, who is getting that chance to show what he can do as a centerman. And you're seeing opportunity for other players. I wouldn't be surprised if a Thomas Bordalo came up with the Sharks again sometime soon. Uh, obviously, you can look at a Daniil Gushin. You can look at other guys that are with the Barracuda that might get more of a chance to play with uh, the NHL side and see what they can do at this level. But that, to me, is what this time is for. You can put these players up there at the NHL level. They'll get a better understanding of what they need to improve about their game. Just like we saw Shakir Mukhamadoulin for a few games, I don't think that's the last we're going to see of him either. I think Shakir Mukhamadoulin, in his first couple of NHL games, looked like an NHL player. He didn't look great in any way, shape, or form, but I think that that's not a problem. It's like you have a guy who's barely played any NHL hockey, comes in and immediately looks like he can play at an NHL level, albeit not great. That means there's a strong foundation to build upon so he can go back down to the CUDA, work on those things, work on those deficiencies, focus on the things that he needs to improve upon. Because here's the deal. I know everyone thinks that you only get better by playing at the NHL level, but think about this. And I use this as just a very, very simple example, but if you want to become a champion power lifter, do you walk up to a bar with 800 pounds and try and deadlift it and never make any progress and think, man, I just can't get that 800 pounds off the floor? Or do you start at 200 pounds? And see if you can wake your way up to 300 pounds and see if you can wake your way up to 400 pounds and so on. Like that is how life works. You don't put yourself at the maximum of what you're expected of doing over the course of your career and just think, well, I can't do it. It's like, no, you have to take steps back to take steps forward. So, you know, I think that some people get a little bit frustrated when guys don't stay up, but there is a reason. Uh, you know, it's not like the Sharks are the only organization that sends guys back down to the AHL. I know that, you know, you can look and say, well, Connor Bedard is playing up here. It's like, well, yeah, you know, Connor Bedard's a special example. 
just like Tomas Hurdle was a special example. He played one game or so at the NHL or at the AHL level. Or you talk about some of the other players that you've seen over the last few years in the NHL. I mean, yeah, Connor McDavid came right up because he had an adult's body. And we heard that with Mike Greer talking about the difference between a Will Smith and a Patrick Marlowe. When Patrick Marlowe was 18 years old, he had a man's body and was ready to play at the NHL level. For a kid like William Eklund, who did not have the same size already on his side at that point of his career, yeah, that means there's still going to be improvements. And Shakir Mukhamadoulin, just like William Eklund, still needs to become bigger and stronger and fill out his frame. And when you get a guy like Shakir Mukhamadoulin who's sitting at, what, 6'5 or so? There is that much more to fill out on his frame compared to a William Eklund. So again, these things are all taking place in the here and now. These guys do not need to be the hero of the day in this moment in time. Save that for later. It's not like this season is going to be saved. Uh, You're just hoping that they have the opportunity to come back up and show that there have been improvements. And you also hope that there is the opportunity for them to just improve overall at the American League level, even if they're not coming up to the NHL, because I would not be surprised if day one next year, Shakir Mukhamadoulin is one of the Sharks defensemen. And on that point, I do not expect Shakir Mukhamadoulin coming up next year to be the difference between the San Jose Sharks being a bottom tier team this year and being a playoff team next year. No, this clearly takes time. The Sharks are in the process of acquiring draft capital, of developing players, of restocking the farm system, and putting themselves in a position to succeed going forward. That is the main emphasis right now. I've said this a million times, and I'll continue to say it, but it's not about today. It is about the future. It is about tomorrow, for lack of a better term. But And that's not you know, going to make it more fun to go and watch the Sharks lose in the here and now, but you've got to be realistic about what's going on with the franchise. It always kind of, I wouldn't say it bugs me, but I've just been sort of miffed by some of the takes that people have had. They said, oh, I'm you know, protesting the state of the organization. It's like, well, you know, this is kind of a thought out process, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like the team was expecting to be this bad. To be good, you've got to be bad again. And the thing is, last night, the Sharks were not bad by any means. Losing one nothing while relatively impotent offensively, you are at a point in a game where you have a chance to win on the road against one of the best teams in the NHL or send it to overtime at the very, very least. You only give up one goal to a team. If you are a slightly better team in the NHL, you'll be able to walk away with a handful of points. You'll be able to walk away with something out of that game. That's not where the Sharks are right now, uh, but you have to also say like, okay, so how far off are they? And still, they are a bit far off, but... That goal production, if you're healthy, if you have Logan Couture, if you have Tomas Hurdle, is getting two goals out of that game, maybe a little bit more likely. Do you get one out of that game? Yeah, you're probably thinking that you could. Obviously, we can play the games of ifs and buts until we're all blue in the face, but you have to look at things from a couple of different vantage points. The reality, the Sharks aren't good enough to consistently get those wins, get those points, get those ties, force overtime, give themselves a chance, get those goals for lack of a better point of emphasis, but you think that if they did have more of their talent out, out out on the ice, they'd have a greater chance of doing so. Conversely, on the other side of that, there is the reality where they have not been able to consistently score all year. Their goaltending has been good, but their defense has given up a lot of shots. They've oftentimes been pinned in their own end. They turn the puck over. They don't always make the best decisions. They don't always handle the puck with the greatest level of uh, care and they give up too many shots to their opposition, and they don't give themselves a chance. That's, you know, the two ends of the spectrum. There is the idealized version of the Sharks right now where they would have more talent, where they would have more health, where they would have more on their side, 
And then there is the reality of the Sharks right now that this is a depleted, uh, lower-tier team that simply does not have the guns to get themselves wins in winnable situations. This is another one of those one nothing losses they've had this year. It's not their only shutout loss by any means, uh, but they've also had uh, another one out one nothing loss to Arizona earlier this year. They've had 2-1 losses, 3-2 type situations. So, yeah, if you don't have the horses, if you don't have the health, and you don't have the overall offensive uh, viability across the season when you do have health, it's probably not going to end up in being in your favor. I mean, there's really only been one stretch this year where the Sharks have consistently gotten what I would say is good offensive results, and that was on that 3-2-1 road trip in December when they went to the East Coast and they were scoring four, five, and six goals. Like, yeah, that was nice to see, but that has not been the reality. That was a brief blip in time, and until the Sharks are a more offensively capable team, which is predicated on health to a certain extent, they're going to have a tough time winning the close ones, which is exactly what we saw last night. All right, we are going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to hear a little bit from Sheng Peng talking about the Sharks and the trade of their goalies, as well as getting into some of that post-game sound. You're on Morning Tide, presented by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. All right, welcome back to Morning Tide here on the Sharks Audio Network as we're looking back at San Jose's uh, unfortunate one nothing loss to Winnipeg last night in which Capo Kakinen, who has been uh, frequently mentioned in trade rumoring around the NHL, had a phenomenal performance, only gave up one goal, which I do not blame him for in any reason, but 973 save percentage last night, stopped 38 of 39 shots that he saw, and yeah, he is... Uh, he just showed the NHL world that he can shut down a Winnipeg team, which has been one of the best in the NHL this year. Now, with that trade talk on the horizon, or maybe sooner rather than later, I talked about goaltending and what the Sharks should be looking for and how they should be looking at this situation with Capo and Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, I, I do have a, maybe a different attitude uh, uh, about goalies than, 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 than other um other uh, um, analyst or whatever. I think goalies, they, in my mind, they're unless you have one of those handful of of kind of superstar goalies, uh, the Hellebuck types, right? That uh, you can set it and forget a given 55, 60 games, and they're going to provide you Vezina caliber goaltending yeah. on a night on basis. Um, there's a a large group of goalies that sort of their performance fluctuates year to year. And so you just kind of kind of kind of pick on the right one, just like the Sharks did a couple of years ago with James Reimer uh, when they signed him as a free agent uh, mm-hmm. at a you know relatively bargain rate. And he provided outstanding goaltending, at least for the first half of the season. Or what the Sharks are getting now from both uh Coppo and McKenzie. Um so and remember they got they they traded a, a six a, just a six round pick for 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 McKenzie and yeah. so can you can you replicate that this coming summer um to 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 replace one of them I I think that's very very possible right um even go go back look at Aiden Hill right mm-hmm. uh, Vegas got uh Vegas uh, Vegas traded just a fourth round pick to the Sharks for him and look now he's 
you know, people talk about the 2026 Olympics and Aiden Hill is, is, is sort of the, uh, the, uh, the starter on paper for a lot of people and for team Canada. And so anyway, um, Yeah, so goaltending is just kind of fluctuates uh, wildly. Uh, goaltending is voodoo. I'm sure a lot of uh, your <laughs> listeners have 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 heard. Um, and so, I think uh, I, I think that uh, with uh, with maybe maybe a block would be signed for another year. Um, and you do want, and of course, there is that balance too, where you want to have some semblance of goaltending, some semblance of good competitive goaltending. That's important for for a rebuild because you mm -hmm. don't want. Uh, your 18 skaters doing all the right things, your William Eklund's learning all the good habits of hockey, and then it's it's all upset or betrayed by 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 bad bad goaltending, a bad goal, right? And so so there is a balance to that. And so I think um so I think because you have McKenzie uh, signed, then he's the easy guy that you keep unless there's an overpayment. Uh Koppel. Uh, couple's going to be a free agent. So then you got to ask yourself, okay, well, what does he want? Uh, what uh, uh, to to resign? Uh, does that seem reasonable to you? And, and if that doesn't seem reasonable to you, then of course you have to consider trading him right before you get nothing for him uh, when he hits a UFA. Um, or you just say to yourself, okay, um, as as good as Couple has been uh, this year, is it possible that we can kind of find a block with like a uh, 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 success on the cheap, a rhymer like success on the cheap um, to, to replace them. And it is possible. Uh, and I think we've seen that a lot um, uh, over, uh, uh, over, over the last decade or so with, 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 with goaltending that, that, that happens a lot. And, and so if you get a reasonable offer for, for, for a couple, um, then I don't see why, why you wouldn't take it. Um, unless again, you're very sure he's in your, I mean, I, if they go the other way and they re-sign couple and they sign to a reasonable contract, I'm not saying it's a bad move. Um, goaltending is all because I think there's a flip side of goaltending too, that because I, um, uh, uh, people do see it as replaceable to some degree, right? You're not going to get a great offer usually for a goalie. Um, there's very rarely again. Yeah. And we haven't seen a guy like that move in a long time, a guy like a, a uh we might see it with the sorrows at this deadline but like a hell of a buck guys like that once teams get goalies like that they don't trade them usually and so uh so otherwise that other pool of goaltenders though um that 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 usually is uh not something that is that expensive to acquire and also you don't get back a lot too and so if no one is getting is giving you uh, something you want back for couple and he's willing to sign a reasonable contract to come back well he and mckenzie uh, get along great and Kapo has played great this year. And so I think, yeah, so I have a pretty flexible, I guess, mindset. I'm not saying you have to trade one of them, um, but uh, yeah, I have a pretty flexible mindset about the goaltending. If you want to hear the rest of that interview, check out the build-up game 52 versus Winnipeg, in which Shang and I cover a number of topics that have been surrounding the San Jose Sharks over the All-Star break and their time off from games. Um, obviously, a number of topics to get into there, uh, but still interesting to get his takes on everything, especially the goaltending and trades and what we could be seeing in the near future. Getting back to last night's game, head coach David Quinn asked why the Sharks had a lot of good jump and creation of opportunities early but we're not able to sustain. Just very up-up play. We just kept turning it over unnecessarily. It wasn't like they were, you know, and they played hard, don't get me wrong, but we had plenty of opportunities to make crisp passes and didn't do it. I thought our puck play was really slow. I thought we were standing still when we got pucks. Um, and just, you know, that really was the story to me. 
of the night. I didn't think we had any pace to our game with the puck. And if you give the team the puck too many times, they are going to make you pay for it. Uh, fortunately for the Sharks, they had a capo keeping the opposition out of the net, but you know, there was not a, uh, a very, very smooth performance by San Jose. Too many turnovers, too many bad passes, too much kind of lackadaisical nature with the puck. And yeah, they've been off for a while. They hadn't played. They had good energy, uh, but they were careless, which is something we've seen too many times this year. Um, a little bit rusty, you heard at the start of the show from David Quinn, which I think played a factor as well. Uh, but now the Sharks on the second night of a back-to-back, hopefully with fresher legs because they have uh, had some rest. Uh, hopefully we'll make those improvements against Calgary tonight. Quinn was also asked if there was anything he liked out of last night's game. Yeah, I mean, we battled and we competed. You know, you're hanging around one nothing and having a chance. You got the goalie pulled and, you know, I mean, that uh, says an awful lot about our group. And, you know, we just, uh, again, we're just a little bit off. Puck play was just off. There were a lot of almost two-on-ones or three-on-two or four-on-two or four-on-three, and we just weren't able to capitalize on uh, these situations. We didn't get enough pucks to the net. I think we passed up too many chances to shoot pucks, so something we'll address before tomorrow night. Quinn also talked about the night from his netminder. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, that's a, like I said, I've been impressed with them probably more than anything in this league. And, you know, they get dangerous players up and down their line, well-coached. It's an honesty to the game that you really respect player on you know I mean it's a little bit of a tough team to play when you've been on for two weeks and all of a sudden you're stepping in and playing on the elite teams in the league and there was obviously a couple who gave us a chance. I thought we did crazy part. I thought we defended pretty well for the last probably ten minutes when we hadn't sent it we a period of time and you know, a lot of our problems were turnovers. I thought structure was pretty good defensively. Well, it's tough to be in great structure when you turn over as much as we did tonight, but and Quinn had an interesting commentary on the game from William Eklund. Ecky was pretty good. You know, the thing I like about Ecky is his bad games aren't bad. They're just okay, and that's a great sign. You know, when you can go out there and, you know, maybe not have it, but still manage to have an effective game and, you know, you don't notice them in a negative manner. That's a pretty good sign for a young player. That's a good point, too. It's something that probably doesn't get brought up enough is that, when you have a young player who's developing, oftentimes if they're having a bad night, everyone is aware of it. But there's rarely nights where I look at William Eklund and I think specifically about the problems or the issues or the turnovers or the things he's done that have directly led to the Sharks not being able to walk away with a point or two points or even positivity out of a game. William Eklund, in terms of not being the problem, is creating a solid foundation. He is careful with the puck, but he's not tentative. And I think that is a very, very different thing. Now, there, there are times where he'll try things, where he'll maybe be a little bit overzealous, but you know what? Those are the type of plays you need. You need guys to be playmakers. You need them to create a chance. If a guy you know, is surrounded by a couple of defenders and does an interesting inside-out spin move and tries to bang a puck off the wall to create something that doesn't work out, I'm okay with that if you're deep in the zone. If you're doing it near the blue line and you give them, you know, some momentum going the opposite direction, that's different. But William Eklund, if he's going to take his chances, if he's going to do something that's a little bit, um, you know, out of the ordinary or a little bit more highly skilled and risky, he's not doing it in a bad place. Um, and I think that's something to take uh, account of. And I also think that his defense has been pretty good. He's pretty solid out there on the ice. He's not perfect. He's not a complete and finished product as of yet, but Man, I you know he's right. You don't think of the bad plays with William Eklund on the nights, even when he's not great. Carbo Kakinen spoke after last night's game, weighing in on his performance. Um, well, it keeps you it keeps you in the game. Um, obviously, I think I think you know they're they're a pretty uh, high shot volume team. Um, but you know, overall, I think what we did well was 
you know, even, even though they got a lot of shots uh, on that, I think we boxed out. We uh, kind of kept them outside, so uh, that was uh, that was good for me. Kubo also talked about a couple of instances during the game where he kind of stayed put inside the crease as opposed to moving around and trying to do too much. Yeah, sometimes sometimes less is more. You know, you um, there may be a rebound or a tip or whatever, and and the puck bounces and and your instincts sometimes you you might go go after that puck. You might jump, you know, try to cover it, but but if it's too far or somebody gets a stick, then you're then you're going to be out of the play. So sometimes just staying still, um, keeping your structure is 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 the best thing you can do. And um, it's hard because you obviously your brain just tells you to jump on top of that that loose puck. But um, yeah, I definitely try to try to be patient there and and outweigh uh, you know uh, their their guys if they they get some marks. So, yeah, once again, an absolutely phenomenal night from Kapo Kakinen, and uh, don't be surprised if his name re-emerges in terms of that trade deadline chatter as you hear about other teams lusting after a goalie. And this is a good problem to have. You'd rather have a uh, goalie to trade and one to build on. I don't know what the Sharks are specifically going to do going forward, but, you know, if you're Mike Greer and teams come offering, you have to listen. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to trade one of these guys or anything like that, but yeah, it's in your best interest. It is in your team's best interest to see if another team wants to give up something that you would consider worthy of that talent in terms of what they mean to the future. And I would think that teams that are desperate to try and make that improvement uh, will probably come calling. So it's, it's very interesting. We'll see how it goes. But for me, when we're looking at what are going to be some of the more interesting aspects of the remainder of the Sharks season, yeah, this trade talk is going to be very, very fascinating because it's not that you're getting rid of talent, even though, yes, that could be a potential reality of what goes down here. But you are looking at players that could be part of the future for this team when they are going to be a contender once again. I know that you think, well, you know, if it's a draft pick, then that's going to take years of development. But no, it's not always a draft pick. Look at Fabian Zetterlund. Fabian Zetterlund has been a big-time contributor for the Sharks this year. He's got that mindset. He's got that overall ability to help the Sharks improve. So that's the type of guy that you want or you could potentially get. It's not all draft picks, which are years down the line. All right, we have got another game coming up tonight. Six o'clock go time in Calgary as the San Jose Sharks take on the Flames. Join Dan Rusinowski and Brett Hedekin for the call right here on the Sharks Audio Network. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.